This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Well, all through the Bible, God uses the analogy of a shepherd and a sheep, both in good times and bad times. He showed what a bad shepherd was by using this analogy, or a bad leader was by using this analogy of a shepherd, and also what a good leader was by using the analogy of the shepherd. And we who have grown up in the Industrial Revolution or past the Industrial Revolution, not many of us have been on a farm. I know some of you can remember uh, being on a farm with your, with your grandparents or, or maybe you've had some limited experiences there. But for most of us living here in North Nashville, we uh, are in the world of suburbia. And so when Jesus says, I'm a good shepherd, it doesn't mean a whole lot to us. But one thing I want to make note of is that when he said, I am the good shepherd, that was a very, very cutting edge, most relevant illustration he could give because uh, the people had shepherds all around them. They were shepherding people. They knew exactly what he was talking about. One of the things that happened, and no doubt the people were thinking of this when Jesus said the statement, I am the good shepherd, is there were times when uh, the shepherds would have to leave the typical field they were and they would have to go find greener pastures. Uh, certain seasons of the year, they had to go find areas where they could take their sheep. And it wasn't just them. Other shepherds from the cities or the communities would go to the green pastures. And there in the green pastures, they would make a makeshift sheep pen. Now, if they were lucky enough, they might find a cave and that would be the sheep pen. But mostly they would build something about six to eight feet, six to eight feet high uh, and, and would keep all the sheep in temporarily. And there was only one way to get into the sheep pen. There was one doorway. There was one gate, whichever phrase your version says. There was a gate. There was a doorway. One way you could enter in to get the sheep. And that's exactly what the people were thinking about when Jesus made this statement. Now I want you to look with me at verse 1 of John 10. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, remember there's one entryway, one gate, one door, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. Now this this actually happened. They were thieves and robbers who would steal the sheep that were in this temporary pen. And what they would do is they would have to stand on the shoulder of the other and climb in to the sheep pen by one putting their feet on the other's shoulder and not going through the gate, but going through another way. And there they would often take the little lambs or the sheep and they would, they would cut their throats and they would throw them back over and that's how they would steal these sheep. And so when this statement was said, where he said, I am the gate, if you come in any other way, you are a thief and robber. I want you to write this down, point one. is a good shepherd enters your life properly. A good shepherd enters your life properly. And I want to just caution you. However a leader enters your life is the way he or she is going to lead you. If he enters your life by guilt, he's going to lead you by guilt. If she enters your life through manipulation, she's going to lead through manipulation. If he enters your life through trickery, you'll never be able to trust that leader in your life. But if a leader, if a shepherd enters your life with love, then he's going to lead you with love. And that's why Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. 
Because there are a lot of bad shepherds out there. And we know this, that in our life, when we so desperately need spiritual direction, we so desperately need direction in our life, there is no one who can lead us like the Spirit of Jesus. And the Spirit of Jesus is here to lead you. He is here to lead you to a better place in your life. But anyone else who enters your life improperly is a thief and a robber. He enters your life the right way every time. There was a book that was called A Shepherd's Watch, A Shepherd Sings. And this is a book that was written in the late 70s, and it was talking about the San Joaquin Valley in California, where they uh, totally profiled a modern-day shepherd. And the author made some observations. He said that even though this shepherd led over 2,000 sheep, he knew each of them very closely. He knew their tendencies. He knew their diseases. He knew their, uh, their, their temperament. He knew every single thing about them. And the author of this book was amazed here in just 30 years ago, in still modern times, how intimate a shepherd is when he leads. He truly, truly loves the sheep that he leads. And he knows them and he leads them well. Here's the second thing I want you to write down is a shepherd knows his sheep. A shepherd knows his sheep. Look at John chapter 10, verse 2 and 3. It says, the man who enters by the gate, remember the gate that I identified, is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls his sheep by name and leads them out. Well, let's talk a little bit about a watchman in verse 3, what a watchman is. What would happen when these temporary pens were created at certain times of the season? All of the sheep were put in one pen. And the shepherds would go back, and they would go back to where, uh, to the city or wherever they were lodging, and all the sheep would be in this one pen, and at that one doorway that we've already talked about, there would be one watchman, and he would be the one that would, that would watch the sheep during the night. And the next morning, what would happen is this, is... When the shepherds would come back to get their sheep, they were all intermingled. I mean, how in the world would you be able to tell them apart? And the watchman would only let in the real shepherd. Well, how in the world would the real shepherd know who his sheep was? What would happen is this. Each shepherd had their own little song they would sing. And they would sing this song, and the sheep recognized that call. They recognized who that shepherd was. Was You can see in your notes under sub-point A is that a true shepherd, the sheep knows his voice. They know his call. They, they understand, uh, uh, excuse me, actually I said that all wrong. That, that's in point A. Okay, all right, I messed up my little outline. But, but the shepherd had a distinct call that the people knew, and he knew exactly what that is. Number three is this, a sheep is easily recognized. Let's look at verse 4 and 5. It says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now we're at subpoint A, as you see it there. He goes ahead of the sheep. Notice what they say there is that, that the, the shepherd goes ahead of them. 
I want you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. It won't be on your screen, so if you have your Bibles or if you have your iPhone, I want you to go there in version. that he goes on ahead of them. One of the things that I'm so glad about Jesus is that he understands everything you're going through this morning. He's not just a distant shepherd. A shepherd leads the way. A shepherd goes before the sheep. A shepherd goes before to make sure that wherever he's taking the sheep, the sheep are going to be protected. And one of the big differences between Jesus and every other God that we, that, that, uh, that we hear about is this, is that Jesus became flesh. And that's one of the things that we're going to uh, celebrate and we're going to focus on this week as a church body here in this week where our culture is focused on Jesus Christ, is that Jesus became one of us. And the reason that's important is I know that some of you today are going through things that nobody in this room understands. In fact, if, if you could dialogue with me one-on-one right now, you'd say, Aaron, you have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea what the challenges I have. And I'm just going to tell you, you're right. I cannot understand what you're going through. I know each of you have a unique challenge. Each of you have a unique uh, set of circumstances you're facing, but Jesus understands. Your shepherd understands. He knows exactly what you're going through. John 10, 4 and 5 says it this way. When he brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow his voice. Let's get Hebrews 4, 15. For we do not have, I'm in Hebrews now, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Look at the gravity of those words. We have one who has been tempted in every single way. He can sympathize. You know, Jesus today, when he says, I am the good shepherd, he says, I am the good shepherd, he wants, he wants to know you. And he wants you to understand that he sympathizes with you. He understands what you're going through. He wants to have that intimate, personal relationship with you. He wants, he wants you to lean completely on him and not on your own understanding or anything else, but to trust him completely. I want you to look at verse 7 and 8 again. Therefore, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. As I mentioned just a few minutes ago, that at night there would be one watchman at the gate. There would be one entry point. And one of the things that I believe the Lord wants you to understand today as his shepherd is that, that no, no one can get into your life unless they pass through the Lord. He is here to totally watch over you. The Lord cares about your life. The Lord cares about what you're going through. And He is a protection to you. I, if Jesus was speaking to you today, and if He was saying, I am your shepherd, what would He want you to know? I want you to write down, number one, here's the first thing. His message to you is, I will protect you. I will protect you. He says, I am the door. You know, Jesus is not just one door. He is the door. You know, the scripture clearly says, Jesus said in himself, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only doorway. You see, one of the great things we have, the great messages we have to give here as we prepare for Easter is that the cross is the only way to God. The cross is the only way to Jesus. He is the only doorway. He is the only gateway. He is the only entry point. And what makes that so exciting for you is to know that some of you have 
an unreasonable paranoia about what the enemy can do to your life. You say, oh, Satan's attacking me, and Satan's coming against me, and I believe that there are spirits of darkness, and that the enemy, he will come against you. But I also know this, is that you have a shepherd, and the enemy has to pass through the presence of the Lord, and you are protected by the presence of the Lord. And even when the enemy comes against you like a flood, meaning he's coming from unexpected sources. He's coming at an unexpected time, and you don't know where he's coming from. The Spirit of Jesus will never leave you because he is your protection. And one of the things that when he says, I am your shepherd, it means he is your great protector. He is never, ever going to leave you. And he, no one can pass through the gate. He is the gate. And he will protect you as you stay properly connected to him. One of the ways he protects us is with his rod. You know, Psalms 23, you've probably heard it many, many times, where it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And that's such a great, great line that's brought many of us strength in hard times. But as Jesus is leading the way, you know, one of the things he does with the rod is when we begin to stray, his rod comes and it has a hook on the end, the shepherd's hook, the shepherd's rod, and it brings us back into the fold. And sometimes Jesus kind of just yanks us back to where we're supposed to be. And he does that because he wants to protect us. His restrictions, his standards, the, 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 um, the message of holiness that Jesus gives us that, that keeps us from sin and keeps us in line with him, his rod, the spirit of Jesus that pulls us back, the Holy Spirit that pulls us back when we strays and says, get back in line, obey me, do what you're supposed to do. That is a source of comfort because it keeps us from the attack of the enemies. It keeps us from being vulnerable. And so his rod comes and it brings us back to the place we're supposed to be. You know, sometimes his rod also does something even more. In shepherds, there's times, especially in ancient shepherding, when, when one lamb would stray and we continue to leave. And so the shepherd would take that lamb and he would take the rod and he would break the leg of that little lamb. And then we'd take that lamb and he would carry the lamb on his shoulders. And that lamb, during the whole time that that lamb's leg was being healed, he bonded with the shepherd. And when time was over, when the, the leg was functioning properly, that little lamb would, would have a have a bond with the shepherd. He wouldn't leave us. And I just want some of you to understand that the brokenness that you're going through, and you might be in a time of brokenness where you're in deep, deep pain, and you feel like even spiritually Jesus is carrying you right now. And sometimes when that happens, we're even really hard on ourselves, and we say, oh, how to be more spiritual, and how to be, have a greater prayer life. But right now Jesus is just carrying you, and you're broken. Can I just let you know that He loves you? And he's protecting you. And there's a reason that he's doing that. You know, another way that he would protect the sheep, the shepherd, is he would take oil. And he would put the oil in the wool of the sheep. And that oil would serve two purposes. One, it was an insect repellent that would keep the insects away. But the other thing it would do is that oil, when the sheep would come in close to the shepherd, it would reduce the friction between them and would keep them safe. How many know that we have an anointing oil from the Lord? We have an oil from Him. Psalms 133 says how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing oil dripping down on the head of Aaron into his beard. In other words, this, when the anointing oil comes, it begins to reduce 
friction. And that's one of the ways that he protects us is he sends his anointing. And his anointing is the thing that bonds us together and it keeps us uh, focused on him and it keeps the friction down in our life. He does all of those things because he has promised to protect us. I want you to look at verse 12. John chapter 10 verse 12 says this, The hired hand is not the shepherd. Reflect on that phrase for a second. The hired hand is not the shepherd. I'm in John 10, 12. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and turns and, and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. In most traditions, the shepherd, whoever was doing the shepherding work, would either be the one who owned the sheep or would be one of his sons who owned the sheep. If you remember, David, the son of Jesse, was taking care of the sheep when he encountered the bear and he encountered the lion. But there were times, and they were rare times, when due to the situation in, the, in life or due to maybe too many sheep, the shepherd would have to hire a hireling someone who didn't really own the sheep, someone who really didn't care. It was just a job. Can I tell you that I believe Jesus, is when he says, I'm the good shepherd, he's telling you today, and he wants to remind you this morning, number two, I own you. I own you. Write it down. He owns you. When Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, he is simply not accomplishing a task. He is simply not just uh, trying to get a paycheck. He saying to you, I own you. And he has that kind of ferocious fight for you. He is going to fight for you because he doesn't want a thief and robber to enter your life. He doesn't want a wolf to attack your life. Jesus is fighting fiercely for you. The Spirit of Jesus is here to protect you because he owns you. And he wants, he is at your defense. And I just want you to be reminded of that today. They're the God you serve, the God that you love, it is not some kind of mystery of whether or not you're going to connect with him. He has already connected to you. If you just abide in his love and abide in his presence and stay right where he is, this great God who protects you and owns you is going to fight for you. He is going to ensure that you succeed because he lays down his life for his sheep. He lays down his life for his sheep. He went to the cross giving his very life for you and for your benefit and for your good. The last thing I want you to write down is this. is Jesus was talking to you today as a good shepherd. He says, I give my life for your benefit. I give my life for your benefit. John 10, 15. Look at, it, look at it with me. John chapter 10, verse 15. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. A bad shepherd thinks that the she that sheep exist for him, but the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Evans Keith was a doctor who had practiced many, many years, but on February 25th, excuse me, February 18th, 1925, he did a very, very unique operation. This operation was unique because for years, Dr. Evan Keith had, had recommended that instead of giving general anesthesia, 
which uh, knocks a person completely out, to do local anesthesia. It was safer. It was better. It was, a, it, was a, it was, by all medical theories, the right direction to go. Everyone thought it should happen, but here was a problem. Nobody wanted to volunteer to do it. But on this particular day in 1925, this surgery took place. And Dr. Keith did this surgery that we've all benefited from using local anesthesia, safer and better. But the only thing about the surgery was this, is the surgeon... He operated on a special patient. He operated on himself because no one was willing to lay down their lives. And, you know, when I think about the Good Shepherd, and I've talked about the Good Shepherd today, the one who loves his sheep, the one who would do anything for his sheep, he became a lamb. This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.